You're listening to Malka Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Yes, uh, listeners, at uh, that time of the evening, uh, where you join us on uh, your popular medical show on the platforms of Mar- uh, Malka Sahaba, the voice of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'a. Medical files are coming to you on this Wednesday evening. Let us welcome uh, you and Dr. Azizullah Rawat with a hearty Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And uh, Dr. Azizullah Rawat, how are you doing this fine, uh, beautiful evening? Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's a beautiful Wednesday evening indeed. And um, also, uh, you know, my um, my greetings to you, to all of the listeners of Markaz Sahaba, which is the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. I'm really happy to be here for another session and ready to get rolling. I tell you, doctor, you know, you are very fortunate indeed, uh, besides being a holistic practitioner, you also live uh, near the Indian Ocean. And tell me how the ocean has uh, affected you in a positive sense of your, maybe your physiology and also your spirituality, uh, doctor. Yeah, I think it's very, uh, well, first of all, we're very lucky to be near the Indian Ocean. Uh, You know, the ocean that we have, it's warm, it's therapeutic, uh, in terms of me, you know, I like taking jogs on the sand, barefoot jogs, uh, grounding myself, earthing, as well as diving in the ocean, which I was doing on the weekend. Of course, uh, a bit of swimming and all of this, it's, it contributes to good health. You know, I always say if you have a, you know, a decent diet and you exercise as well, you really don't have to worry about any sickness or any disease. And a lot of the time it's all in the mind. Uh, people have no motivation or willpower. So, you know, they rather just sit on a couch, watch Netflix, uh, watch Netflix and eat junk food. Um, so I do think that it takes a lot of, obviously, determination to get out there. And consistency is key. Uh, so that's what I'm currently trying to perfect. You know, Dr. Rawat, as you talk about swimming, it's uh, one exercise uh, that every muscle in your body gets uh, a workout. And also, you know, uh, as you said, it's also therapeutic. And the difference of uh, having a swim in the swimming pool and in the Indian Ocean or in the ocean, two separate entities because that uh, buoyancy you get in the ocean and that salt water, you know, tossing you about like you in a washing machine. Tell us the benefit of that. Yeah, so the salt water, uh, if you look at a lot of skin products, they are made from salt and a lot of the stuff which come from the sea, from the ocean itself. And it's amazing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the ocean. And if you look at the ocean, it's actually a detox system where Allah actually cleanses our land from the water and the water carries all the dirt back onto the sand, including rocks and stones. And that's how the ocean actually purifies itself. Uh, You know, if any dirt is thrown in the ocean also, the water will help dilute it. Um, And obviously it's also in the Quran as well, how the two seas, the Indian and the Atlantic Ocean, they meet but they don't actually mix due to the different contents, obviously one being salty, one being bitter. Uh, so it, it really is um, a, a wonderful gift that Allah has granted to us. And it, it re- it's very therapeutic. I would swim in the ocean any day over a swimming pool. Well, alhamdulillah. And, uh, you know, I'll share a story with you. When I was, uh, I must have been 12 or 13 years old. And, uh, you know, it's a Pingo Beach and they call this place Tiger Rocks. And I remember being with my family, with my uncles and that. And I was on this big tube and, uh, you know, they're just pushing me. One uncle pushed me to the other and, and suddenly this backwash came in. 
And I tell you, Azizullah, it took me right in the panic on everyone's face. And, you know, I thought that uh, day I was gone because I was panicking. I only had to slip off the tube and I was gone. And suddenly there was this big rock and I grabbed onto that rock and I could see another cousin of mine trying to kick another uncle out and so forth. And, you know, within a split second, a big, huge wave came in, picked me up and dropped me into the ocean. You know, onto the shorelines, took me out of the ocean and put me onto the shorelines. What a panicky moment that was. And, you know, you could have gone into that. Uh, did you have any uh, of these experiences in the ocean where it was a nearly drowning experience, uh, Azizullah? Hey, um, I haven't had any experience personally, but, you know, they say even the most hardcore, uh, the most hardcore atheist, when he's on his way drowning, he remembers God. And you hear so many stories of people, you know, maybe they didn't believe in God and they think to themselves in that moment, you know, if there is a God out there, take me to the shore. And they actually, you know, I've heard stories of people actually doing this before. You know, Allah brings them to the shore and that's how they obviously get their iman and they start believing again. Uh, it's really amazing stories. Absolutely, uh, Azizullah. And Alhamdulillah, as you said, amazing stories. Even uh, when it comes to the aeroplane you know when the people are there and uh, when uh, they are flying and the plane is about to crash and everyone the last few words if you hear if you hear that box they say oh my god oh my god you know and even if as you said if it's an atheist they're all calling out uh, to uh, you know allah in 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 that time so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know is there and you know no matter every creation of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala really uh, in, uh, you know, uh, knows the soul actually knows who the creator is and who who its maker is. So, Azizullah, you know, we have a lot of uh, questions that are coming in uh, for you. You know, when we put out your composite and people were uh, looking at it and all that, and uh, there's also a lot of questions that that is kept on file for you. So, Alhamdulillah, when you come, uh, you're quite a popular doctor on Amarka Sahaba, the voice of the Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. So, I will kick off uh, this evening with a question that says, Assalamu alaikum. So please, uh, Dr. Azizullah will be on uh, Marcus Radio. Mafa, but I have uh, quite a few questions, if I may. Okay, you may. Uh, a, I'm going to read it out one by one for you, Azizullah, so it gives you the opportunity of ask, uh, you know, answering each one uh, thoroughly. Uh, the first one says, uh, I heard lipoma is uh, because liver can't uh, process fats. How can we help the liver to process fats? Azizullah? Okay, so first of all, it's important to note what the liver actually does. So besides metabolism or breaking down of foods, the liver is our primary detox organ. So the liver is responsible for detoxing our body, for eliminating the toxins from one part of the body to another and pushing it downwards. Uh, so sometimes when you have a toxin overload, uh, say your body is very toxic, you're eating a lot of unhealthy foods, and most of the time it's diet-related. So you're eating, you're eating all the junk food, all the Doritos, all the Cokes, all the Pepsis, and eventually the toxins are building up. So the toxins get stored in fat cells. So after the toxins are stored in fat cells, you get something called a lipoma, which is basically abundant fatty tissue, enlarged fatty tissue that appears as a lump on your skin. Uh, so that's usually what it is. It's toxin buildup. Eventually, you'd get a fatty liver, something called a fatty liver, where your liver is overly toxic, and now it can't actually get rid of this toxin because there's just too much. There's too much junk food coming in, and eventually, 
you get liver disease. And another important thing to mention is when these toxins are building up in your body from all the unhealthy foods, obviously other things as well, like chemicals, lifestyle factors, stress, all of that, but it all builds up toxicity. And eventually those toxins get deposited into fat cells and your fat cells become bigger, they become bigger, they become bigger. And that's how you actually gain weight. So not just a fatty liver, but you basically become a fatty person as well because of all the toxins that are coming into your body. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, lipoma, uh, it's, is it an embarrassing, uh, you know, it is embarrassing for those that have the, uh, this uh, disease, uh, doctor? Uh, it is, uh, depending on the way you look at it, you know, uh, walking around with a small lump. Uh, mm-hmm. let's, just hope, let's just hope the person has it on an area of the body where you can't actually see. Um, but obviously some people have it on areas that you can see, um, in that case, you really need to detox. Yeah. Uh, surgery, nothing will not help. I mean, cutting it off. Uh, cutting it off is an option, but obviously all surgeries does come with its own implications as well. Uh, but the most natural and holistic way would be to get rid of those talk. It's like a pouch of toxins. It's like a bag of toxins. So to eliminate it that way. Okay, Allah make it easy for those that are suffering with that. And B, it says, I was told Nabi's raisin-soaked sunnah drink in is excellent for liver uh, liver health. And then I read raisins is not good for liver. Hey, what a paradox there, Doc. It's quite a paradox. I think uh, Mufti Google probably said it's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> raisins are very good. Uh, they are a high source of fiber, which is good for your gut. Uh, they're a high source of vitamin B6, and they're also a high source of uh, potassium. And potassium is an electrolyte. It's an electrolyte along with sodium, which is responsible for hydrating your body, for regulating the water balance in your body. And obviously, like I mentioned, vitamin B6, that works on your nerves, your nerve function, your neurotransmitters. So raisins is definitely a good thing. Uh, yeah, don't listen to Mufti Google. You heard that, people? Yeah. No, no, no. Azizullah, he went to some, yeah, Indians and uh, through the top there. He was with the top guys. The Indians. I mean, you know, uh, doctor, let's be honest here. That, you know, when you look at these Indians, when they talk about herbal, uh, herbal medicine and they talk about, uh, you know, their physiology and so forth, it seems like they're on top of the game. Why is that so? It's a traditional Eastern medicine. Even if you go to India, if you go to Pakistan, most of these places, they still practice Ayurvedic and all those kind of medicines. And it's only in the Western world where there's so-called only one solution to well-being, and that's a pill or it's a vaccine. But if you go all across the world, that's why people who are on their deathbed, they are dying, but they're on their way to China or they're on their way to India in order to be cured by some Hakim. Uh, because that's obviously the traditional medicine and it works in accordance with your fitra. So it's not a violation of your fitra. Well, you heard that, uh, people, and Alhamdulillah, well answered there, Dr. Azizullah Rawat. And uh, C says here, I was uh, told to eat a beetroot for liver, and then I read about it's uh, bad for kidneys. So how will uh, that help my liver to burden my kidneys? Hmm. This person really maybe went into over... Uh, drive on Google? I definitely think so. Uh, Beetroot is actually very good. It's a very high source of iron, 
So it obviously prevents things like fatigue, prevents you from feeling lethargic. And iron is an essential mineral. It's also packed with fiber and it's packed with folate as well. Uh, but it's also important to note what actually works for the kidneys itself. So the kidney, just like the liver, is another detox organ. Uh, it flushes out toxins, obviously, through the urinary system, most commonly when you urine or when you uh, urinate. Uh, so the kidneys, the urinary system, it's all linked. So things that work for the kidneys, like parsley, your green leafy vegetables, your celery, your kale, your spinach, all of these is very good for your kidneys as well as water. A good high water intake will help, will assist your body in flushing out those toxins. But if the toxins build up in your kidneys, then you get kidney stones. You get things like that, which is also uh, deposits, all of that. So water will help dilute the kidney stones. It will help dilute any kind of salt deposits as well. Um, so yes, things, your green leafy vegetables, essential for your kidneys function. And uh, question D says, uh, how will acupuncture and cupping help the liver? Jazakallah. Oh, we got the name here. Kaki in um, Durban North. Kaki, you heard what uh, Azizullah said, eh? Maybe you're looking Google. But anyway, how uh, the last question, how you answered that, uh, Azizullah? Yeah, I think he hasn't gotten to Google yet. Uh, but let's see. Uh, when it comes to cupping, uh, there's a specific point for your digestive area. So that would be your liver, your kidney, your pancreas. Uh, so you would place the cups on those areas particularly. And obviously with cupping now, you eliminate your toxins via the blood. So via the blood, your toxins will come out. That's where the blood is thick. That's where the blood is dark. When it comes out, it's all your body's waste. So the cupping will eliminate toxins from those organs. And it will also help regulate your blood flow. Once you regulate your blood flow, you automatically regulate your pressure, your glucose, your oxygen flow, uh, and those kind of things. Focusing, obviously, on those particular areas. Uh, when it comes to acupuncture, same as cupping, there's specific points for specific organs. Acupuncture works on a nerve level, on your nerves, and it also works on a something called qi, QI, which is your energy flow. It's your essential energy flow which achieves something called homeostasis. Homeostasis is a state of equilibrium in your body. It's a state of balance where all your organs are functioning optimally. So acupuncture helps achieve that balance in your body via your body's energy flow. Assalamu alaikum all at Amarkas. Uh, Jazakallah for informing us, uh, Dr. A.M. Rawat is uh, back, on, back on. He is uh, very accurate with his information Allah Azawajal rewards. I can't understand how drinking, example, one teaspoon of olive oil or kulunji oil can help the body. I swallow it and feel uh, feel uh, it's all got absorbed in my throat. Maybe a cupful will be better. Is that too much? Firoza Musa. Hey, Firoza just can't get enough there, Doc. Yeah, I think she loves her kulunji oil. Huh? Might, as well drink, <laughs> might as well just drink a bucket full. <laughs> With some honey. Yeah. With some honey, add some honey, add some cinnamon, add some ginger, turmeric, you get the whole package. But anyway, back to her question. So it does, it feels like it's getting absorbed by a throat because of the viscosity. Obviously, oil is much more viscous than water, meaning it's much more thicker and it's much more denser. So that's why it feels like that. Uh, I don't think that you need to take a full cup of oil. I think that you can keep at the one teaspoon. That is enough. Um, and also, I know the benefits 
of each one. Obviously, olive oil is best when it's applied to things like cuts. It helps moisturize the skin and it actually assists in the healing process if you do have cuts. Uh, olive oil also the healthier option if you're cooking too. When it comes to black seed oil, black seed has antioxidants called cumin, which is obviously immune system. It boosts your immune system. It helps prevent infection. Black seed is choline. It's in our hadith as the cure for everything except death. Uh, black seed is also very good to steam with if you can't breathe, if you have any respiratory conditions and those kind of things. Uh, but yes, the oil, one teaspoon should be fine. I don't think you need to do anything more unless you really, really, really love the oil and love the taste. Uh, then you can, you can, you can use, you can use a bowl if you want. Now, Dr. Azizullah, I know you and I, we smack our honey, right? Now, when you look at honey in winter, if that honey doesn't crystallize, then that honey is fake, doctor. Yeah, if the honey doesn't crystallize, the honey is fake. It probably came from China as well. Um, but usually what you do is that you look at the contents. A lot of the time when you go into shops, uh, you get this thin syrupy honey and it, they call it raw pure honey, but it's not raw at all. It's not pure at all. It's not organic because it has a sugar content. If you're adding things to it, it's not pure anymore. So then it becomes impure. Uh, so it's good to note that if the honey crystallizes, that does indicate that it's more on the pure side uh, than the impure side. And uh, it's very important to be careful nowadays, especially if you're using honey as a natural sweetener. So if you're off sugar and you're using honey, you want to make sure that that honey is indeed, does not contain sugar. Now, doctor, you know, you got like a broadcaster's voice. Maybe I can enhance it even for you. You know, you have warm water with a thin slice of fresh lemon, you know, the real lemon with that pimply uh, skin and all that. Cut that, you know, round, throw it into your warm water and your raw, I mean, your honey, a real honey, you know, the pure honey and have a, a glass of it every day. I tell you, I, you can't, you won't lose your voice, dog. I tried it, I tried it, I tried it and I do it all the time. Uh, any side effects of having that lemon and eat, you know, after I drank all that, I make sure that I eat that rind and that lemon, you know, the slice of lemon that I cut, I eat it. Can that have an, a side effect uh, for someone that has, has a slice of lemon every day, uh, doctor? I think it would be mostly beneficial. Uh, in fact, there's an amazing remedy that even I used to give people for people who couldn't get their phlegm out. If they were coughing, 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 even in COVID times, they were coughing, they couldn't breathe. So, there's something called quinine, which is a natural form of hydroxychloroquine. Uh, so it's made with the peels of a lemon. It's made with the peels of a grapefruit. And it's amazing. This actually helps take your phlegm out naturally. Sometimes you don't even have to cough. It just comes out. It expels the phlegm and mucus from your body to help you stop coughing and to open up your chest. So it's actually an amazing thing. And even nowadays, even in the, if you go to restaurants, they offer you a jar of water with the lemon inside which is actually very good for you. Hey, I'm going to share another story with you. The other morning I was with the Musalli, you know, after Fajr, he walks with me and he said, hey, you know, chef, I bought a whole pocket of uh, grapefruit. I said, yeah, which one? The ruby red. He said, hey, how you know? I said, no, there's a nice sale. It was one of the supermarkets. Even I bought it. But he says he's been having uh, two grapefruits a day. And he says, I thought it will work my tummy, but I'm constipated. I don't know why. Could it be the a grapefruit, or I don't know why. Uh, can grapefruit uh, constipate you, uh, doctor? 
Not that I know of. Uh, I think he also needs to check the amount of water that he's drinking. Uh, perhaps mm-hmm. his gut, his gut health, or his stomach health isn't in the best of conditions. Maybe he's not getting enough fiber in his diet, which would help obviously break down that stuff. Uh, so there's quite a few things uh, to take into consideration. Usually, if you increase your fiber intake, then you will go to the toilet uh, much more often. Uh, Doc, I think you hit the nail on the head. This brother of mine here is having so many grapefruits, he can't drink water now. <laughs> Grapefruit is like water, but you have to have that water. Hey? Minimum six tumblers or seven or eight tumblers a day, doctor. Uh, yes, that's obviously the recommended amount. Um, the, the more the person actually weighs, the more water they should be drinking. Um, but yes, you don't want your kidneys to reach a state where, you know, it's drying up and it's not actually flushing out those toxins. And how do you know you actually dehydrated is to look at the color of your urine. The darker, the more yellow your urine is, the more dehydrated you are. So uh, the more your urine is close to the color of water, the more diluted it is, uh, the, the healthier you are, basically. So the more yellow and the more concentrated it is, that means you are not getting enough water in your body. Hey, he's a big fan of Marcus Sahaba. He heard this. He'll tell me, hey, why didn't tell you my name? I said, you, I didn't ask you permission. Assalamu alaikum, Shafat and Dr. A.M. Rawat. I'm looking forward to another informative show on Marcus Medical Files. Inshallah, all are tuned in. Uh, be well. Tell me if there is a cure for everything except death and ajwa dates and not cupping uh, heal most things. Why are we so sickly as an ummah? Haji Peh in Lodium. Yeah, you say, why are we so, I mean, if you're eating kalya and you're having biryani and you're having gajar halwa and then you're having uh, uh, tea and biscuits after in, 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 in that function, it's a five-course meal and then they bring in ice cream after that. What we expect, uh, doctor, uh, your response? Yeah, not just that, it's the mari biscuits, it's the tennis biscuits, it's the lemon <laughs> cream, it's the whole baker's assorted uh, system, it's the ligurish all sorts, it's all these things. But I think um, more, more importantly is that we as an ummah, we have become consumer slaves. We have been sucked into the system of consumerism where we just consume, 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 you know, without even thinking. Why? Because everyone else is doing it. Why? Because people think, oh, you know, we're only going to live once, you know, I might as well basically stuff my face with anything I can find. And um, it, is, it is a huge problem. Um, if you look at the you know, the, the rate at which we are getting these diseases and these conditions and these metabolic uh, disorders, you know, it's actually shocking. And it's extremely prevalent in our Indian communities because of our diet, all the refined sugars, all the fried foods in unhealthy oils. It's the lack of exercise. We're so lazy. We don't exercise. We would rather sit on the couch and watch Man United versus Liverpool we would rather go to the restaurant and all the desserts than actually going out there, taking a jog after fajr, taking, um, you know, exercising, swimming, doing all kinds of sports. You know, you know, we're not doing those kind of things. We're not doing what we should be doing. And these foods that we're eating are highly addictive and it's designed to be that way with all the MSG, all the flavor enhancers, all the additives and preservatives make these things addictive. And, um, you know, also it's the, a lot of the times the side effects that come, especially with the 
pills that everyone is pumping into their body, a pill for this, pill for that, every color, for every day of the week. It's like sweets now, making people dependent. And all the side effects of the pills is going into the liver, it's going into the kidney, and it's overwhelming uh, those organs. And, um, you know, we've, in, in a way, a lot, a lot of uh, the times you'll see that there's a lack of meaning. So when your life lacks meaning, you distract yourself with pleasure like TV, music, pornography, and especially junk food. Uh, so, you know, there's a lack of accountability, lack of responsibility that we have. You know, look at the COVID times, you know, people, you know, you, you could have the worst diet, you could not exercise, you could be 200 kg and, you know, suddenly you blame everything on a virus because you don't want to take responsibility for your lifestyle. You don't want to look in the mirror and say that I can change things, you know, go to the gym um, and, and, you know, get out there and just exercise, get your blood flowing and just become healthier, become a healthier person. But it's much harder to do that. It's much more easier to order Uber Eats and to just sit at home and watch TV, unfortunately. Yeah, sad indeed. And, you know, the beautiful um, uh, saying, Bismillah, and eating. And I, I don't know, I mean, you sound the, uh, as an individual that maybe you're quite competent in the kitchen. And I really, you know, I have a, a fun in the kitchen when I make my uh, beef curry or make a kalya or a biryani or the dalgos. And I take my time, but I'm very particular in uh, the type of spices I use. I use, you know, pure spice. And it has to be ghee, nothing but ghee. And, um, you know, I'm particular about my tomatoes, my onions. And, uh, you know, thank Allah, as soon as my meals are made, there's no reflux. It makes for easy digestion. I can eat it three, four times uh, after that subsequently. But I notice, uh, doctor, if I had to have a meal from uh, perhaps a restaurant or at a function, it doesn't agree with me. There's always this reflux and you burping and you feel uncomfortable. You know, your throat starts burning. Is it the oil factor or what What would you... Um, you know, uh, put your. I mean, if you had to analyze that, why, uh, you know, the food like this, uh, could it be the oil factor or is it, you know, I don't know. What would you tell me? It could definitely be the oil factor. And like you mentioned, ghee. And there's a reason why ghee is expensive. Anything that's healthy is expensive. Anything that's unhealthy is usually cheap. So if you look at the price of your normal sunflower oil, it's much cheaper than olive oil because olive oil is obviously the healthier alternative to use. But butter ghee is by far better to cook with the butter than it is to oil. So that's a much healthier option. When it comes to the food, you know, your stomach will know. You will feel that you, you just feel bloated. You get flatulence. You start farting. You start burping because the food just doesn't agree with your system. <laughs> in a way, it doesn't. It's like uh, it doesn't it's, it doesn't agree with your fitra in a way. Your fitra is your natural disposition of your body. So in a way, the food is artificial. So you, it's like introducing something artificial into a natural. This, it just can't click. And a lot of the time, that's the food we eat. In fact, some of the things we eat aren't even food. Uh, it's actually, it's plastic. It's filled with all synthetic materials, synthetic plant proteins, all of this. And eventually it builds up in your body and then you get gut problems. You, you get constipated and all these kind of symptoms. Symptoms are your body's way of telling you something is wrong. Please fix it. Please stop overloading my body with toxins. Our body is like the Ganges River and everyone is just bathing inside and using it as a toilet. That's basically what it's become. Stagnant, stagnant water full of dirt. Uh, so what we need to do, we need to cleanse, we need to start cleansing our system, we need to start detoxing, 
we need to start finding all these ways um, and start choosing healthier options as well, healthier diet, exercise, those kind of things. You know, doctor, the tragedy of the whole situation is that they say, okay, drink, drink water and enjoy your water. But look at the compromise with water also. And say, oh, the E. coli level is very high in water. Water is like this and that. Or you're buying bottled waters and sometimes you find that uh, uh, some corn artists are selling you with a, with a genuine label. But uh, fake water, they, you know, fake in the sense that it's not the original thing. They're putting it from some fire hydrant and so forth. What do we do then, doctor? What do we do? You know, fake water, fake food, fake medicine, even fake people. You know, we live in a very, very, very fake world. Uh, and exactly what do you do? Because obviously the municipal water is compromised. And when it comes to bottled water, the plastic is actually bad itself uh, in a way, you know, where the, where the water gets absorbed now by the plastic. Uh, so that's a problem as well. Uh, so, you know, exactly what you do. It's good to have a filter system uh, in place. Uh, you know, some kind of reverse osmosis system where you can purify your own water um, because, yes, it is becoming a very bad problem. And not just the water, but the air, you know, the own air that we breathe is compromised as well. I remember during the lockdown where they were just pumping things into the atmosphere, chemicals and making people sick, um, you know, even having personal experience, smelling that burning smell uh, in the in the air and, you know, it really was a tragedy, you know, with the food, the water, the air, everything is compromised. Uh, you know, eventually you're going to have to start growing your own food and having your own water supply and using solar energy. That's the way the world is heading. No, absolutely. I can, uh, yeah, that smell you two spoke about, like a sulfur somewhere all over. And they wanted to choke us and our poor throat was already suffering with that. But Allah saved us, uh, doctor. Uh, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Always uh, good to hear you, Shafat and uh, Dr. Azizullah. He's a gift uh, to health. Please advise. Uh, mosquito coils and uh, the sprays we put on body to deter mosquitoes. What are the side effects? Uh, can holistic uh, doctor uh, make a natural deterrent for us? If we eat something, uh, can it uh, deter mosquitoes? And uh, Sibi Masi, uh, Masi is asking what you can uh, uh, supply to stop itching of mos mosquito bites. And, uh, well, Simi Masi, worried about uh, maybe you can, uh, doctor, can you stop that mosquito from biting uh, Simi Masi, uh, doc? <laughs> yeah, so when it comes to the mosquito spray, uh, most insect repellents have something, a chemical compound called DEET. Uh, and this actually, so when sprayed on insects, it has a neurological effect. It will obviously kill them. It will cause neurological conditions. So if it's doing that to insects, what is it doing to your body? Uh, a lot of people don't uh, ask themselves these questions. All your repellents, all these sprays and chemicals that you use, Doom and Mr. Mud, all of them are bad for you. They all have their own effects. Uh, and also you must remember that if you have chemicals, you're spraying it onto your skin, your skin or your integumentary system. That's your largest organ in your body. Your skin is the largest organ in your body. You're spraying chemicals, you're rubbing it in, straight into your blood. It's going to kill off your gut biome, your microbiome. All the healthy bacteria is going to get killed off. Again, in lockdown, you know, when everyone was just sanitizing this and sanitizing that and sanitizing everything, uh, um, you know, all that sanitizer was going into their skin and it was making them sick. It was lowering. It was killing their immune system because you're killing all the healthy bacteria and you're getting absorbed straight in. It's transdermal. 
so when it comes to a natural alternative, I personally use citronella. Citronella is an essential oil which helps uh, to repel the mosquitoes. Obviously, you get your nets, your mosquito nets, and those kind of things as well. The itching itself, aloe vera gel, is a cool gel that you can use. It's very good for itching and rashes, as well as, as I mentioned before, olive oil. Olive oil is very soothing for the skin. It moisturizes the skin and is very good for healing. Well, you heard that, uh, yeah, olive oil. And the Mediterranean, the, uh, you know, they have that, uh, they say, uh, what, an olive skin, and they love their olive oil, and uh, they love the fish and so forth. I mean, uh, the diet of the... Uh, their dietary law, you know, uh, has a very positive uh, effect on the physiology and the weather too, uh, doctor. Uh, yes, 100%. In fact, you mentioned the Mediterranean. So there's something called the Mediterranean diet, which is actually very good for high blood pressure. Certain things you need to cut out, certain things you need to include. So the Mediterraneans definitely know something uh, that we don't. Um, and a lot of the time, all, most of those parts of the world, they have very good um, alternatives for these kind of things. And it's, it's good to learn from different cultures and different traditions and different people also to see what they actually use uh, compared to the conventional medicine system. Very good. Uh, that's, a, uh, that's a brilliant uh, point indeed, uh, Doctor. Uh, this question says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Marcus is our station. How are you, Bhai Shafat? I am, alhamdulillah. Give salams to our beloved Mufti A.K. Hussein and welcome Dr. Azizullah Rawat. Can people come to you for cupping to help with asthma or asthma? Uh, Jazakallah, Mrs. Uh, uh, Akub. Your response, Doctor? Absolutely. You can definitely come to me for cupping. Uh, so, yes, when you mention the asthma, uh, good to know what actually causes that shortness of breath. So a lot of the times there's mucus or phlegm. So phlegm and mucus, it gets stuck in your lungs. It clogs your bronchial, it clogs your airways, it clogs your passages. So that phlegm and that mucus needs to come out. So, but what do we do? We'll take a pump or we'll take a nebulizer. So what that does is it is a quick fix uh, and it does help. But what those um, methods do is that it dilates your your airways. So that's how it helps you breathe. But it doesn't get to the cause of what's wrong, which is usually the phlegm and the mucus that's stuck in the lungs. And that's why you need to get that out and get to the root cause. Uh, so that's when cupping uh, obviously comes into play. Just like um, the liver points that you have, you have points for the lungs. Uh, so the cupping will help eliminate the phlegm and the mucus by the bloodstream. So how you'll know is that when the blood is coming out in the cups, there's usually a thin layer of water, a watery fluid. Uh, that uh, that settles above the blood. So that's how you know the phlegm and the mucus is coming out. And it's also very good for sinus drainage. So once you get the phlegm and mucus out, it helps your breathing. It helps the coughing because you're coughing because phlegm needs to come out as well. Uh, so then it gets your oxygen flowing, gets your circulation flowing, gets your blood flowing, and it, the coughing also reduces inflammation. All for you're having asthma. Assalamu alaikum uh, to all. We enjoy medical files on uh, Marcus and await every week uh, to hear Hafiz E. Ghani here. He tune in uh, from the UK, Leicester. Uh, we use uh, central heating here. It's, uh, it's, uh, get, it's, it gets very cold. Can it uh, lead to dehydration? And can heaters in any country cause uh, dehydration? Jazakallah team. I think it definitely does, uh, doctor. 
Uh, it does in a way, but it's not the actual heat that causes the dehydration. So will heat will make you sweat. And that sweating is what causes the dehydration. So the heat makes you sweat, the sweating, because now you're sweating out, you're sweating out fluids, you're sweating out toxins, but you're also sweating out fluids. Uh, so hydration will go down. And that's basically what happens. Um, but yes, it's not the actual heater itself, even though it might make your throat dry, it might make give you a dry taste, but it's actually the sweating that's induced by the heat that will obviously dehydrate you. So yes, important to build up on your fluids and your electrolytes, your foods which are high in sodium and which are high in potassium, which will help regulate that. Uh, Uncle Hassan says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Dr. Azizullah Rawat. I'm uh, 65 years old and have a lot of milk. Wife says it's not good for my health. But then uh, my other friend tells me it's very good for my bones. Please advise accordingly. How do you uh, uh, respond to our uncle there? Yeah, no, milk is very good for your bones. Uh, so anything that has calcium, calcium is usually, in. so while calcium is a trace element, it is an essential mineral that's obviously needed for bone, for bone health. So it is very good. It is needed for your bones. Uh, calcium, uh, even magnesium is good as well. And something else that uh, uh, isn't that well known, but it is coming up is collagen. Collagen is absolutely amazing for your bones. It helps build your muscle mass. It helps regenerate your cartilage, uh, regenerates your ligaments as well. And it's anti-aging. Uh, so collagen is an excellent, uh, excellent supplement if you do need anything for your bones, together with obviously your calcium and your magnesium. Well, once again, uh, the question uh, comes uh, over and over again. Milk, the type of milk we have got, the pasteurized milk, not fresh milk. It's not direct from the farm. The milk has been tampered with. The type of cow that milk came from, uh, you know, maybe steroids and so forth. Talk to me, Doc. Yeah, that's another big issue. And if only people knew, uh, if only we knew how good raw milk is for us. You know, back in the day, not even the caveman days, but back in the day where, you know, people used to live that lifestyle and, you know, they would just drink milk straight from the cow's udders. Uh, you know, that would be their milkshake. And if they knew how healthy it is because it contained all the nutrients that we need, but obviously modernization, uh, so-called convenience, uh, you know, convenience, uh, which is so-called good. Well, they say it's really good for you pasteurize this and put this through UHT process and give this long life milk, but you're filling it with additives, with chemicals. In fact, mostly everything that we actually drink and eat has somehow been tampered with. And the more natural you go, the more raw you go, um, that's actually the better step for you. But obviously, you know, we want to keep milk in our shelves because we don't want to keep going to the grocery store. So we'd rather buy a whole box of uh, long life uh, milk rather than but, but obviously, it is more expensive to go the healthier route and to buy the fresh milk and the raw milk and those kind of things. But if you, if you can do it, then it would be best to invest in that because it's so much more healthy and it's packed with nutrients that you really, really need. Yeah, a lot of our brothers and sisters do that. They sell raw milk. They get it direct from the farm. Yeah, but don't put water in it, don't they? Eh? Allah is watching. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, please advise me. Is it good to expel gas from the body by using acupressure on myself? What harm uh, does excess gas do to the body? Zakallah, Mrs. Musa. Good question. Yeah, this gas is a big problem. Gas all round, doctor. 
Yeah, gassing everywhere. Gassing. Yeah, so the, yeah, the body. So the body body undergoes something called metabolism. Uh, it meta it metabolizes. You know, it breaks down food. It breaks down waste. It breaks down things. So when your body is undergoing metabolism, uh, gas is produced when your body can't digest food properly. Uh, either you're swallowing air or gas is produced, which usually cause the farting. Uh, so, for example, someone is gluten intolerant or someone is lactose intolerant, meaning that they don't really have the digestive enzymes. They don't have the enzymes in their body to break down those kind of foods. So what will happen is that that undigested food now will get converted to gas in your gut system. And that's now when you have something like farting, when you have burping. So those farting and burping is your body's way of expelling the gas, of expelling the excess gas from your body. So it is a good thing that it's doing it, but it's a bad thing that those foods are there in the first place. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, you know, but... It's so important, you know, uh, the, the gas is ready to come out. You know, the flatulence level is so high, it's reaching 9.9. To suppress it is, ah, you're doing your body a big injustice. You're in an elevator. What do you do, doctor? Yeah, so you obviously need to eat the foods now that your body obviously is comfortable with. Obviously, if you're allergic to certain foods, you don't want to be putting those things. And even if you're not allergic to certain foods, all the MSG all the the junk food that you're eating your body your body is going to see that as foreign it's going to it's not going to see it as food your body is going to see all those sweets as a foreign substance it's not going to get digested so all of those sweets all of the junk food all of the mcdonald's burgers it, your body is going to see it as plastic it's going to see it as not food and it's not going to digest it and then it's going to produce gas which now your body needs to expel uh, doctor, what about that individual, you know, I mean, many, many will say he's so shameless, uh, you find them at the function, and he just gets and he gets up and, you know, he goes to a 45 degree, you know, this guy is going to let it go. But he does it and like it's nothing, and he looks at you like, so what? What do you do, doctor? Yeah, Eastern pants, Tyler. Huh? What, what, what do you do then? What do you tell that individual? Yeah, so now... It is a bit of a sensitive uh, thing, huh? But obviously, the people people need to start eating more fiber to not help themselves. No, no, I I just watch you. You, you. I mean, you're just diverting. I'm giving you that. You reckon they just leave it? Leave it. Okay. You know what? Yeah, uh, Molana will tell you. Other man, other. I mean, not in a public place. You can't do. But you know, I don't know. Allahu alam. But uh, they are, you know. Rules and regular, as you said, it's a very sensitive issue. I'll ask Mufti AK this question. Maybe can't. people should just carry their own portable loo. What do you mean? <laughs> Carrying their own loo with them. I mean, you're eating in a function and you got. <laughs> you know, right, we leave it at that, doctor. You know what? We're getting into different visuals here. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, uh, all at Marcus. Uh, Marcus is our station uh, from morning to night. Uh, besides the cupping, how else can we improve uh, circulation? Jazakallah, Ahmad Motala. Good question there, doctor. Uh, yeah, so there's something called grounding or earthing. So when you walk barefoot on the sand or if you walk barefoot on the grass, uh, it actually there's like an effect that it has on your body where now your circulation starts going. And uh, like I said before, you know, they put it under the microscope, a person's blood, uh, and they actually tested it uh, before earthing. Uh, where their blood cells was unhealthy, the blood cells were clamping together, they were clotting basically, 
And then they started walking on the grass or they were walking on the sand and they put their blood back under the microscope and the blood were healthy. The blood cells were healthy again, all the red, uh, red blood cells. So earthing is very good for your circulation. And there's a reason why we make sajda like that on the floor. Uh, obviously, Islam being way ahead of modern science. Another way of circulation is obviously exercise. You must remember that your heart is like a muscle. So your heart pumps. And in order to pump and get that blood flowing, you need to be moving. Uh, any kind of stagnation is going to cause your blood to be congested. Uh, even clotting can occur. So best to get it moving uh, like a stagnant pond where the water is not moving. Uh, it's obviously a breeding ground for mosquitoes and insects because the water is not moving. So if the water is flowing, then everything is working uh, much, much better. Obviously, a, be a better diet would in uh, improve circulation. If there's a less buildup of toxins uh, from the foods that you're eating, there will be less blockages, less plaques, less things like atherosclerosis and all of that, uh, those kind of things. An increase in fluids would help your circulation as well. Assalamu alaikum, uh, brothers in Deen. Uh, Jazakallah for Marcus uh, Radio. The Medical Files is awesome. My question for Dr. Rawat, please. I read Anisid is very good uh, detox uh, from uh, the side effects of having uh, been compelled in my profession to take the vaccine. Is it true? Anonymous in Umzind, oh, doctor. Yeah, you don't have to feel alone. Most people had to be jabbed, you know, whether they were in the nursing, whether they were in the teaching, you know, no jab, no job, no jab, no food. That's basically what it became. Um, so basically, when it comes to the aniseed, uh, aniseed is an antioxidant, you know, it's packed in vitamins, it's packed with minerals. Uh, there's also something called pine needle. So pine needle together with the aniseed was working in correlation in order to detox the person and get the person uh, basically their body back into recovering after getting the jab. Uh, but the most important thing is if you are vaccine injured, uh, you need to detox from the vaccine. You need to get out all the heavy metals. You need to get out all the synthetic materials, all the cancer-causing agents that was introduced into your body. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of times when I did, I did cupping for people who were vaccine injured and the blood didn't come out uh, because they were clotting. Their, their blood was clotting so bad. It was so thick that there was just no flow. So the blood didn't come out while they were cupping. And that's why so many people nowadays are taking blood thinners. Uh, it's because their blood is clotting. A lot of the time, it is those who have been vaccinated, unfortunately. Uh, so yes, best thing you can do is to detox yourself from the vaccine, make lots of dua. Jazakallah for that. Assalamu alaikum, Shafat and uh, Dr. Azizullah. Please advise us, uh, when is it uh, necessary to do a parasite uh, detox? I see people say it's a long process of about uh, two weeks, uh, starting with preparing the body before taking a main cleanse. What about uh, just buying a product at a pharmacy and uh, using one time and uh, will a one-off treatment with the senna leaves uh, do the job? Jazakallah, Imran Lokhat. Yeah. We don't, uh, all these worms and, uh, you know, something, quechua and all, we need to take all that out, doctor. Yeah, especially with the food supply, the water supply, the air that we're breathing, you don't know where the parasites are coming from. Uh, so usually when you get symptoms, uh, gut problems, when you have stomach problems, diarrhea, vomiting and ulcers, usually that's an indication that you do have parasites in your body or some kind of unhealthy bacteria that's just lurking around eating the inside of your body up. 
so senna leaves will work, green teas, um, Epsom salts. There's a few herbs called black walnut and wormwood. Uh, those things all help to cleanse, to cleanse your system. Uh, there's something called neem, N-E-E-M. Uh, I've personally used this before. It really works, uh, not just for acne, but it actually works as a natural form of ivermectin. So I'm sure everyone remembers how ivermectin was making everyone better uh, during COVID, uh, COVID times. Uh, so what it really was doing is that it was, it's an anti-malarial drug because it kills parasites. So neem, the natural form of ivermectin, does the same. It tastes horrible, but it kills the parasites as well. Now, you talk about the ivermectin. Uh, I've got some of them. My friends were giving us, uh, you know, left, right, and center during COVID time. Is there expiry date to that? Or maybe if I, if I want to detox myself, maybe have a two ivermectin ta- uh, tablets, uh, doctor? Uh, yeah, with, with most of the conventional uh, pharmaceutical products, usually there's an expiry date. Uh, a lot of the times they still work because the expiry date is a bit of a money-making scheme as well for you to buy more. Um, but maybe, yeah, to see how it works. Uh, it definitely did work uh, during those days. And like I said, if you want a natural uh, alternative, then neem powder or even neem tablets uh, should work too. Okay. Neem oil? Yeah, I heard about neem oil, but now it's on neem powder, neem. So this is a product on its own, uh, doctor? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, usually there's a Himalayan range. So the Himalayan range is a nice natural range. Um, of these kind of products. So yes, it really, it really does work. Now you're talking about the Himalayan. You tickle my nerves here. What about Himalayan salt? I'm simply addicted to Him- Himalayan salt. I won't use any other salts, uh, Doc. Yeah, yeah, and I also use the salt lamps as well because they absor- they're very good for EMF yeah. uh, protection yeah. as well, anti-radiation, uh, also therapeutic in a way. Himalayan salts is very good, you know, much, much better than the refined. Uh, other sauce that we use. Yeah, the only thing you replace on that uh, lamp, a Himalayan lamp, I think is a globe. That tiny globe you get, hey, that globe gives us, uh, give up uh, quite often, but I got a good supplier. I mean, the other guys, they inflate the price, but I found a friend of mine who gives it to me at a wholesale price. So, uh, yeah, I use all that. And, you know, uh, it's, it's a good review. That, uh, it's, it's a unique thing. And as a doctor says, it's very therapeutic. Doctor, you gave a lecture during the week regarding the immune system and what if, uh, affects it. Uh, perhaps you could share some salient uh, points about, uh, about the lecture you gave. Yeah, yeah. so uh, the most important thing to know is that most of your immune system is actually situated in your gut. So your gastrointestinal tract, uh, meaning that most of the time when you're sick, they always say that most sickness actually originate in the gut. Uh, your colon and all the, your intestines, that's all responsible for absorbing, for, you know, for eliminating and those kind of things. So if your body can't eliminate, then the toxins will obviously go in the wrong kind of places. Uh, so when it comes to the immune system itself, <clears throat> it's important to note, uh, you know, some food sources, uh, you want to supplement yourself with probiotics and prebiotics because they probiome. So the pro-immune system, you want to avoid antibiotics because they're anti-immune system. Uh, so when it comes to your pre and your probiotics, things like honey, things like bananas, things like asparagus, and the three most important ones, your yogurt, uh, not, your, not your colorful yogurts that you get, 
you know, with sweets and stuff, but your proper yogurt with your live bacteria cultures, very good for your gut, your kefir and your kombucha as well. So when it comes to supplementation, when you obviously, when it comes to your food, uh, for your immune system, now you want to boost yourself up with your vitamins, your vitamin C, like your citrus fruits and your berries, uh, your vitamin D, your sunlight. Uh, sunlight is obviously the best form of vitamin D and vitamin D works best on your immune system too. Uh, your, you know, your vitamin Bs, your vitamin A, your essential min- uh, minerals like your iron, like your magnesium, like your calcium, potassium, uh, and those kind of things. Uh, for the immune system, you'd obviously want to detox yourself as well in various ways. Uh, so our, our body actually has its own detox function. Uh, so every time, either through the mouth, you're coughing, uh, through, through the nose, you're sneezing, that's toxins coming out. Uh, when you go to the toilet, number one, number two, both of the time, it's toxins coming out. When you're sweating, uh, it's toxins coming out. So, you know, they say you have a cold or you have a flu, but your body's actually detoxing and getting rid of the phlegm and the mucus. They say you have vomiting, you have diarrhea, your body's getting rid of acid. Um, as we mentioned, burping, farting, that's your body's way of getting rid of the excess air or the excess gas that's trapped in your body. Uh, a fever is your body's way of sweating out all the toxins. There's a lot of heat in your body. So it's amazing what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has actually gifted us. And you don't want to compromise this uh, by violating your fitna and introducing all the junk food, you know, uh, all, all the artificial, all the pills and all of that, all of the suppress, they suppress your body's immune function. So a pill might take away your cough, but your cough is there because you need to expel phlegm. So it, it really, that's really how it works uh, that way. So you'd obviously want to boost yourself up with your antioxidants, uh, which is like things like cacao, or with your maca, your goji berries, your blueberries, your chia seeds. All these are labeled as superfoods. Uh, your Greek yogurt, all these kind of things. You'd want to have a, what they call a rainbow diet with a variety of things, your salads, your fibers, your green leafy vegetables. You'd want to eliminate the acid in your body uh, by alkalizing your body, again, your green leafy vegetable, lots of water, reducing cold drink. Cold drink builds up acid in your body. That's why it bubbles like that. Uh, so you want to reduce that as well. Uh, start cooking with healthier options like olive oil instead of normal oil, or even better, your butter ghee instead of your oil. Uh, you know, air fry instead of deep fry. So all of these, you know, honey instead of your refined sugar. So all of these diet dietary options. And as I mentioned, the exercise as well. Exercise is also another way of your body eliminating toxins. And if toxins are not there, there's nothing to make you sick. There's nothing to now attack the immune system. Uh, you know, there's no foreign substances because now you're sweating out those toxins, you know, going to a sauna, for example. And that's why back in the Roman days, they used to have baths and saunas, water therapy and heat therapy because heat kills germs. Heat makes you sweat. It makes you sweat out all the toxins. Uh, that's why sauna is so good. That's why exercise. And that's why you lose weight when you exercise because you are detoxing. You're sweating out toxins. And with those toxins are all the fat cells. Because remember, toxins get deposited into fat cells. So you're sweating out the toxins. You're sweating out the excess deposits, all the fat cells. And that's why you lose weight when you exercise. Uh, so all, if you follow all of these things, really, you will have a stronger immune system. And don't forget your your Islamic, also your Islamic uh, things, your, your hijama cupping, 
best way to detox too. And it's quick via the blood. 20, 30 minutes, you're out. Uh, your, your black seed, your ajwa dates. And, you know, all of this is mentioned, even honey, honey, honey is mentioned in the Quran. يَخْرُجُ مِن بُطُونِهَا شَرَابُ مُخْتَلِفٌ أَلْوَانُهُ فِيهِ شِفَاءُ لِلنَّاسِ You know, there's a drink that comes from the bellies of the bee. And in it, it varies in colors and it, there's healing for the people. Uh, so, you know, you just read the Quran. The Quran itself is the ultimate form of cure and shifa. Uh, everything, you know, that's why Islam is the ultimate it's the truth. And it's the, it will be the last religion on the planet because... It's a way of life, everything from science to medicine, uh, you know, from, from banking, Islamic, everything covers all aspects of life from the way you eat, you know, sitting on the floor and eating, uh, you know, uh, drinking water in three, uh, three sips, all of this is all for your health and for your benefit. Uh, so I think if we, if we bear all of this in mind, uh, inshallah, we will be healthier and also, also your lifestyle factors, uh, you know, what you're doing throughout the day, how you what, you know, how you occupy your time, your stress levels, managing your stress levels, you know, managing your sleep, sleep patterns, and all these things, all of this combined. And, you know, if it's, if it's impaired, if there's a problem, then there's a problem in your immune system. You know, stress affects your immune system. When you're stressed out, when you're in a state of fear or anxiety, then, you know, it cripples your immune system. That's why you mustn't eat when you're stressed out because your body is not going to digest the food properly. Uh, so bear all of these things in mind and inshallah, I mean, you know, people will live healthier lives. While you're on the roll there, well said there, and as you said, the Quran says, verily in honey there is cure, there is shifa, and the Bible says, eat thou honey, my son. Hmm? Sweet, then become a sweet son. But anyway, that's a quotation of the eat thou honey, my son. Well, doctor, really a brilliant uh, consultation with you this evening. Perhaps your parting words uh, before I let you go. Uh, yeah. So as I always say, you know, even if every doctor in the world tells you that there's no cure for your condition or your disease, you know, if you have the correct yakin in your heart that you're going to be cured, you will definitely be cured. Uh, and there's so many healthier alternatives, natural alternatives or holistic alternatives uh, that you can go to. Uh, you know, the Quran, we reveal the Quran as a cure and a mercy uh, for mankind. So everything is in our deen. Everything is in our religion. You know, we were told even in the Quran to eat healthy and wholesome foods. Uh, so, you know, uh, you know not, to, not to be gluttonous. Uh, so every, everything is there. Everything is in our deen. It's in our religion. Uh, you know, if we follow it, if we do our best to follow it, then we will be so much more better off. Jazakallah khaira, Dr. Azizullah Rawata. You have a blessed evening ahead. Inshallah, we'll talk to you soon. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Amin. We'll speak soon. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Time for us to go for the Isha Zan and inshallah we will continue after that.